Welcome to A Photographer's Life. The channel that takes you behind the curtain into the world of professional architectural photography. Join us now for an episode with some of America's premier architectural photographers. Today's broadcast comes from a recent Zoom meeting of the Association of Independent Architectural Photographers. This discussion is led by AIAP Director Alan Blakely. We hope you enjoy the show. If you do, please let us know by liking this episode and subscribing to this channel. Now, on with the show. Let me just welcome everybody to the February AIAP Zoom meeting, and we're going to be talking about the process from getting the job to filling the job from um, actually landing that job by a phone call and then what that process is. There, there was hopefully we'll have some other people join us as this uh, meeting goes on. But there was some interest in talking about how we handle that and what happens once you get the phone call. And I think there's probably a lot of different approaches to that. Uh, from my client's perspective, I often hear that you're the only one that called us back. So <laughs> I know that there's that part of it. Um, when when somebody calls for a bid. So I, I'm just interested to know, starting off, uh, when, when you get somebody that asks you for a bid for photography, what's, what's the first step? Uh, do you do that verbally? Do you send them an email? Do you make a quote? Where do you start? I'll chime in if you can hear me. Yeah. Uh, so when I get that initial quote, it's always never enough information to actually reply with any kind of information that they can make a decision on. So I usually just ask more questions. Yeah, I think that's that's a really good point. Somebody will call up and say, what's your day rate? <laughs> well, I don't know. <laughs> Tell me what you have in mind. Yeah. Yeah. Norm, what? Yeah, if I get a, a most of my inquiries come from um, email. Okay. And uh, if there's a phone number attached, uh, I don't respond by email. I just call the person. Mm. And I'll talk to them about the project um, to, to get a feel for, you know, have they used a professional before, um, you know, to kind of get the scope of what they're what they're getting into. Um, what do they want to use the images for? Uh, how many images are they looking at? Just just to get some basics, because uh, like Alan said, or Andy said, a lot of times um, you don't have enough information from the original inquiry from your website or when someone's, you know, uh, so it, it's. I, I like using the phone. I like the communication. So I, I like calling people. I'd concur 100%. Um, I think it makes a huge difference. And I know that that's not the trend with younger photographers, that they'd rather reach out electronically and correspond via text or email or whatever. And um, But I still think that, that that's the most engaging way to to talk to somebody and and, and probably get things nailed down and, and get the job is to actually talk to them. Um, how many of you use a, a form on your websites? Do you, any, does anybody use a form? Okay. I use a form and that's why I have to reply by email because <laughs> their signature doesn't appear. So all I have is an email address okay. to respond to. So I usually respond that I'm either interested and available and I need to know more, but I also need your contact information because I can't call you. I use a field and I use fields in my contact form that are required fields. So I do have their name and telephone number and, and that makes it easy to reach out. And I asked them to describe the the project a little bit, but that gives me just a jumping off point for me to call them and then say, you know, tell me more about this project and what their scope really is. So that's the thought there. Yeah. 
I don't use fields. I just have uh, an email contact. Okay. Um, I hate filling. I hate filling them out myself. Mm-hmm. So I figure that I'm not probably not alone in that. So I just have, um, you know, an email contact. But I don't. Do, I don't use a form. Some people it works for them. You know, probably work for me too. But I don't use it. I, I probably get ten percent that use the form. Is about it. Um, most people will either call me or they'll, they'll send me an email just from clicking on the link on my website. Yeah. So they, they don't bother to do that. But the, the fact that I, I always need more information, I think is, you know, what Annie brought up that that's a huge uh, part of the situation. And to me, it says you need to understand their project better so that you can do the best job possible and they're going to get what they want in the end. So what kind of questions are you asking? I mean, you know, just, those that are on the on this call here. What what do you need to know? I'm curious. Yeah, Norm. I always like to know if they're considering another photographer besides, you know, like if they just reached out to me. So I'm always curious for that. And and for several reasons, because if it's somebody that I have a relationship with mm. or somebody I know, I ask who their existing photographer is, I, I won't bid the job because I, I'm not taking anything for anybody. I don't want to do that. But okay. um, so I like knowing, you know, if they're looking at another, if it's somebody that um, I don't really have a, you know, a, a close relationship with them that I, then I, you know, that that's fine. But, um, but that's something I, I always ask because I, I don't want to step on anybody's toes. There's plenty of work for everybody. Um, and I, I like, uh, you know, so I, I like knowing that. And then a lot of times uh, I remember I had one client, uh, she called me, she goes, I, I can't decide between you and this other guy. She goes, well, I'm impressed that you called me. And so I, you know, she sent me an email. So I, I called her and I, I said, Marsha, I said, are you at your computer? She said, yeah. So let's go to his website. Hmm. So we went to his website and then we went to my website. That's gutsy. And, and I, and I, you know, and, you know, he had, he had, he had barrel distortion. He had blown out windows. Blown out. I said, I said, really? I said, he's a portrait photographer. He's, he's horrible. Um, but, you know, but there are so many good photographers out there that, you know, if, if uh, and I like doing that. I like calling them and say, well, let's look at each other's work. And, and um, sometimes you'll, you'll come across somebody who's, you know, at the same skill level, you are very good. And, and by talking to the client, you can just figure out who's the better photographer for them. And, and that's, you know, I, I remember one time uh, telling somebody, I said, well, you should use the other guy. <laughs> you know, I, I think they're, they're a better fit. Um, so it, it's also a good way to get to know someone's personality because at my age, um, if I don't, if I don't hit it off with somebody and, and I don't feel that we do this, we mesh really well. I, I don't want to work with you because it ain't worth it for me. You know, I, I has to be a nice collaboration or I'm not interested. It isn't about money anymore. It's about, you know, not being frustrated, I guess, but. I think you make an excellent point. There's just, <laughs> you, you, but not everybody's at that point in their career, yeah. unfortunately. And, and I, I think back to the people that I worked with 30 years ago, and there was all kinds of unpleasantness, but it was just about the money. <laughs> you know, that's. Yeah, I don't have to do that anymore. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So um, one of the things that I always try to, to talk to people about is I kind of like to know what what's the scope of the project that we're talking about here. If they call up and say that we've got this estate home that needs to be photographed. Um, I want to know. Is you know, is it five thousand square feet or is it fifty thousand square feet? And um, how many days are we going to be there? That kind of thing. And and what are they expecting you to come away with? And if they tell me that they 
are looking for two or 300 shots, then yeah, I'm not the guy. So, um, you know, I, I try to narrow it down and, and find out exactly what it is they need, not what they might think they need based on who they've been working with previously. And so that, that seems to help a lot if we can, you know, just define the parameters of what's being shot and how. What else? Along those lines, Alan, I have a section on my website where I have a list of questions that oh. these are the things I need to know uh-huh. in order to give you an accurate quote. And I have to tell you, the people who uh, email me and they've answered every question are the people I want to work with because they've read it. That I know exactly what I'm bidding on. Obviously, there'll be no surprises. Yeah. Uh, because I know the scope of the job, I know the use of the job, I know if there's multiple parties, I know what they want for deliverables, I know if uh, if they have a deadline, but that's rare. And most of the time I get the calls we all get, which is, what do you charge? And yeah. with, with no reference point as to what the job is. And so I think the other thing we've all got to in our life is you get an inquiry and you know pretty much from the first inquiry, whether you'll be working with them based on the language they use. What else? What else needs to happen to that initial? Well, yeah. I'll jump in here for a second. I, sure. I, I'm a believer that, you know, over over the years and in, in talking with people, if they're not willing to share with you all they can about the project or all that you have questions for, the prospect now becomes a suspect. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Are they a suspect or a prospect? Um, They're suspect if they're not going to invest the time to answer the questions that you have about the project um, because they sound like they're just looking for price. So I always use that little suspect or prospect. Anyway, little. I, I like that. I, I like that too, you know, and 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 I and I quash that right away when they say how much are you? I always tell somebody I'm expensive. Yeah, because I am. You know, if you're looking for a real estate photographer, I got a list for you. I don't do that, but um, if they want to make an investment and do a nice, you know, want nice work, I'll talk. To them. I'm yeah. not interested in somebody that's shopping price. And I I've done the same kind of thing. I always tell people that if you're looking for the best price, it does not be. <laughs> call somebody else. <laughs> Can I help you with that? Okay, so, so you know we get we get past that com- initial conversation, and then uh, what's the next step for most of you here? Where do you go from there? I hope I'm not jumping in too much here. I, I I always put throw it back to them. What would you like to do next, or what would you like me to do next? Okay, because usually through the question and answer. There's more questions. For example, I I look for a basic site plan. Mm. And if I can get it, a floor plan. And if I can get a floor plan, I can usually get input from the project architect as to what the perspectives are that need to be included. And sometimes they do that, sometimes they don't. And they say, well, we just want your eye. Well, let me know, are you looking for three different views of the lobby and then, you know, a boardroom shot and a blah, blah, or are you looking for, you know, 10 different views of the, of the lobby or one key view? Um, so scope of the project is real big. So as much information as I can get them, it's usually in their court after our conversation 
to get me something back. And that's when they know they need to kind of sharpen up on what they're asking for instead of how much. I think that's great. I, I, I'm i kind of along the same lines uh, with that in, in asking for um, a, you know something from you know the architect as far as a floor plan or a site plan or things like that. And there are a number of my clients who will give me what they think might be possible views um, and they will draw those arrows on, on the thing. But I always ask the question, what's important to you in this design wise? What is it that we need to showcase about this project that's important to you? Because for a lot of these people, they're going to be entering these in competitions and there's things about this project that are unique that maybe as a photographer, I don't see them as being that unique. And so, uh, you know, hopefully I'm educated enough at this point that I do, but um, I always ask them to tell me what's important here. And like, like you were saying, Brian, um, having a site plan or a floor plan with some notations on it. I've got one client that will send me, you know, 15 or 20 pages <laughs> of, of notes. And uh, I take those with me <laughs> and that works out well. Yeah, I, I sometimes, um, I almost always ask if they're, if, because if it's a designer, everybody does it. Now they've all got cell phones with cameras. Mm -hmm. I'll ask for their scouting shots. Okay. You know, and and I, I think you said that a minute ago, you know, you'll ask for what views they think they'll mark it on a, on a floor plan. I almost never get a floor plan from anybody unless it's an architect I'm working for. But if it's a builder or an interior designer who I do most of my work with, um, I'll get their iPhone shots. Mm. I can tell by what they're shooting, whether or not, you know, what, what they're what views they're looking for. And it also gives me an idea of the, of the project. Something I always ask somebody if, I, you know, if we're moving forward is um, I ask them the position of the, you know, the rooms that we're shooting, where they, what's the position relative to the sun? Because um, I don't want to book a job, you know, facing east first thing in the morning. Because, uh, you know, that's full of windows. It's too hard to shoot. I'm going to have, you know, blown out glass. And um, so I, I, I'm, I'm, you know, that's another thing that's important to me is, is the way the position of the house or the, or the room that we're shooting or the, the hotel or whatever it may be so that we can get, you know, the best shots. Because oftentimes I work out of state and a scouting trip isn't possible for me. So that's a really good point because I, I, I'm the same way. I, I can't scout 90% of what I shoot. It's, I don't ever scout. Um, I see it. I see it from uh, the client's snapshots on their phone. And then I use, um, I mean, I use a Google street view and yeah. I also use um, sun surveyor is the app that I like oh. a lot. Um, and that lets me, that gives me time of day for, uh, you know, golden hour and blue hour and all those kinds of things. And then, and then it has another module, which gives, lets me put in the address and see the Google earth view. And then, and then see what the sun track is going to be throughout the day. So I know what time the sun's going to be on what elevation of that building. Um, and so sun surveyor is really indispensable for me. I just, uh, I rely on that a lot. And then also uh, the street view to kind of get an idea of, of what might be going on. Because invariably, when I ask somebody which direction a building faces, <laughs> they don't know. And if they do tell me, it's wrong. So. <laughs> <laughs> I always, I always, they can give me an arthro on plans so I, I can track that. Uh, all that you mentioned, 
Um, most of my uh, architectural clients know now that they've got to give me a site plan and a floor plan and the uh, arrows as to which direction they like. And then they, I always tell them I have the freedom to get nicer shots if I, if I see it. But then they also give me renderings that they did, which mm. they like that view. So I'll, I'll try mm. to at least capture that. But um, the last two kind of cold clients that called me are uh, media clients that are intermediaries for their clients. And okay. so I'm working with somebody who doesn't intimately know the job. And they just kind of want to know price and how like many an shots. Ad agency so or is it like an ad agency or designer? Uh, they're usually media people who do media for the clients. Oh, okay. You know, All right. They take what I give them, do a video out of it or whatever. And so that's, I do ask a lot of questions to them as to what they want. Okay. But I'm not talking to the client themselves. So that's that's the hard part. Has anybody had an experience having experiences like I have where the people we're dealing with who are hiring us seem to know less and less each year? I I I I had someone whose whose title was director of marketing. I, I couldn't believe how little she knew about hiring a photographer. And clearly she was a younger person, but it was a major construction firm. And I'm just wondering, did the person with the knowledge retire and walk out the door before told the new person what the job is? Because they they truly knew nothing about hiring a photographer. I did end up getting the job. It was a good job. But boy, did it take a lot of pulling teeth and a lot of like, you charge for that? <laughs> <laughs> All the marketing people that have called me have been young lately. So that's yeah. probably a, a mark of our age. But do they know what they're doing? That's the thing. I, I don't mind if they're young. It's just, do they do they have a sense of what their job is and how how they ask uh, the, the appropriate questions or, or just don't get so thrown off by what do you mean you charge for uh, extra people using the jobs? And wait a minute, you charge for that each day of the shoot? What? I think you raise a good point, Andy. Um, I don't know what the average age is of the marketing directors that I deal with right now, but it's they're not very old. <laughs> And they're not very educated, unfortunately. They know a lot about TikTok and everything else like that, um, which doesn't matter to me in the least. But um, as far as hiring a photographer and what what the working situation is on a photo shoot, that's that's a difficult one. Um, several years ago, we did some articles that w- that were published in the SMPS newsletter and AIA and uh, some of the construction journals. And I'm thinking that we need to resurrect that uh, again and um, and put those out there just about how to work with a photographer, what to expect, what the photographer expects, what you should expect from a photographer and how to get the best work. And I think I think maybe I dropped the ball just a little bit as far as educating people, because um, when I get a new client and, you know, the 24 year old marketing director shows up on the job and is is shocked to find out that the six shots she wants are going to take all day. <laughs> you know, um, uh, there's yeah, there's, the education needs to happen there. So I, and that's a that's a really good point. That, that, that is, um, I, I if I could just jump in there. I had a project where I did some architectural work, and then the uh, the client wanted me to do um, a head uh, not headshot a, a shot of the team. So I brought in some studio lights, did a shot of the team, turned out really nice. Um, then the marketing director calls me and says, 
um, you know, she's she's trying to put her input in on the on the on the work and talking about the 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 shot of the team. She goes, I think you need to play with the shadows more. And I <laughs> I looked at her. I said, shadows. It's a high key shot. There are no shadows. But I mean, it's just the the level of um, there's no like no education. They 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 don't know the process. They don't know the terminology. Um, they can't describe what they want. Um, I, and I can't stand it when I meet somebody and they're 27 years old and they say, I want a nice airy shot, you know? Um, and I get that all the time. What's an airy shot? You know, something that's overexposed probably, but it's, they have no idea what they're talking about. Yeah. That, that, that's a really tough one. And I think the fact that they are that uneducated is one of the reasons why there are so many, uh, inexperienced photographers that we tend to compete with. Um, because the people hiring just don't know what's good and what's not good. And so um, hopefully, you know, if you can get, get to somebody maybe that's higher than the marketing director is, maybe one of the principals in the firm, um, then, then maybe um, you, you can get somewhere. But that, that tends to be a serious problem. Let me go on. Let's move on here to, to the point is to where you start, where you quote them a price. Uh, I'm just wondering how you present that. Do you present that as a contract or a quotation or an estimate or, and, and what do you include in that? I don't mind starting. Um, I, I started doing this well before you, you suggested Alan, I give them a bottom line price for X number of views after I get all of the information. I don't spend a whole lot of, I, I do write it down in pencil <laughs> For myself to come up with the number, itemized everything for myself, okay. but I don't share that with them. Here's the price. You want to know how much it is. Now, if you want to know whether I'm charging 57 and a half cents per mile on my little Tesla, <laughs> that doesn't cost me that much to operate versus the 85 cents a mile that I've been charging for 15 years for my big van full of equipment. You know, life's too short for me to explain all that to you. <laughs> and I have a real good feel for what it's going to take for post-production yeah. to, to, to accommodate the level of what's represented in my work. And I just, life's too short for me to have to uh, get into, you know, what's this item? What's that item? Why are you charging this for that? What about this? Just give them all they really need is the how much question answered. Right. And all I really need is all of those details that make me able to come up with that exact figure. And then I do the number of parties involved and I share with them that their licensing will be to them or X, Y, and Z parties. And each party will be responsible for this much money. And I will sign off from each one directly. I don't deal with the architect getting the general contractor to pay him and this right. and that. I, you know, I need sign off from the architect. I need sign off from the contractor. And then I need the point of contact for each one to do the invoicing and licensing and to where to deliver the pictures. I'm trying to keep it simple. Um, again, 
I'm getting older. So that's well, my defense. I don't, <laughs> I don't go into all the details on the estimate. Yeah, it, that, that sounds simple, but you, you touched on, you know, a bunch of really significant points there Brian, uh, about how you handle that. And uh, any one of those that are left out can cause some serious problems for you, uh, you know, in, in that situation. And I like the fact that you, you quote them a price. That's what I've done for years and years. It's just, I don't itemize. Um, and I just give them the price. That's the price. And um, I like also what you said there about breaking it out as far as um, the the different licensing for parties. I, I do that all my on all my quotations, whether I've got the job or not. Um, I also quote for the number of you know breaking it out for multiple parties because that incentivizes <laughs> these people to get these other folks on board. And, yep. uh, you know, or give me the contact information and I'll get them on board, um, that kind of situation. So, you know, that a, a $3,000 job can be an $8,000 job uh, conceivably. Yeah. So when I took your advice, I used to, I have a spreadsheet that I use and uh, I used to itemize everything. And you said in a few sessions before that you don't need to do that. You don't recommend it. So now I've just been quoting one price and I just hide all the data below and it had made no difference. They're they're fine with the bottom line. And then they always give me all the parties and the contacts for those parties. And I, I bill each one individually. So it's it's worked out fine. Um, that multi-party licensing is such a wonderful revenue stream. <laughs> it is. Um, if if there's anybody that's not doing that, that's on this, you know, this this meeting or else listens to this later, you're missing some serious income if you don't offer multi-party licensing, Brian. Yeah, and I should say that that happens really on the front first yeah. conversation, whether it's an existing architect or client versus somebody that's just, um, you know, I'm working with for the first time. The question is simple. Are there any other entities or parties that need to get use of this photography? And well, then yeah. starts, uh, you know, oh, I didn't think about that. Or I said, because it can save you some money. And then I'm real careful when they respond with, oh, yeah, let's just divide it by two or three. Because <laughs> that's not how it works, obviously. But um, that's my opportunity to correct them that. It will save you money, but there's a formula for multi-party use, and it also and it has to happen on the front end because if they wait, like a lot of people do, they want to see what yeah buying into, then it's going to cost them more. Yeah. Does Does anybody have problems with? Um, we I do multi-party licensing, but I am stunned when you try to explain that to somebody and how long it takes them to grab it. You know, oh, you're charging more for the image, but it's actually less. If you, I mean, it's it's just, it 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 just blows me away. The how they, they some people just don't get it. I have one architect client. Why I actually had to write it out. You know, it's 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 this much extra um, per image. You're going to divide it by this many people, and um, and this is your cost per image. You know, at, at the end, and it was a, a huge savings. I, I mean, I explained it. I wrote it down. I talked to her. I tried to telling her, you know, 21-year-old assistant how it worked. And 
and they still didn't get it. She was so frustrated. She goes, I'll just give you their names and you could just build them directly, <laughs> which we which we did. But um, I'm surprised at how many people had a hard have a hard time grasping um, the multi-party licensing concept. I mean, it, but it, you're right. It is a wonderful additional stream of revenue. Well, I just, I've uh, explained that is I used to be an architect, but I still am. But I, I, you know, it's like if you design a house for somebody and the neighbor wants the same house, you don't give them the plans for free. That's mm-hmm. the easiest way that I've explained it. You know, there, there's a cost like involved, and in, uh, you know, uh, the uh, there's the a value property involved. So they they seem to get that. Great analogy. That yeah, that, that really is. You know, I think part of the problem, too, is that for so many years, um, licensing and usage hasn't been enforced by photographers. And so, um, you know, an, ar- an architect ended up with images that he then shared around and nobody did anything about it. And now now we're doing something about it. But, um, you know, like Brian was saying, I I break it down. And so, you know, if 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 whatever the base fee then i show what the fee is going to be for each party for if there's two or three or four or five parties or more and uh it's pretty easy for them to see that right up front um could i just mention here uh how pleased i am with pixie as far as rights management <laughs> i know we've we brought them up before but they're working on over a hundred infringement cases for me right now <laughs> they did 120 for me last year, and I, and I have over I have over 100 too. I've got over 400 cases right now with them, um, and I'm just thrilled that it's on their t- table and not mine. <laughs> but yeah. it, that being said, um, I, I wanted to go down this path just a little bit with um, you know enforcement of things like that. Instagram um, now will take down somebody's account if if they're using um your photograph and uh it doesn't matter if they've got an attribution to their you know a link to your account or not if they've used it and they're not licensed it's a small form you fill out and instagram takes it down and generally they delete their account which really feels good so um (laughs) you know i had a situation just happened to me a couple weeks ago where i had a large company who whose sales rep uh, took one of my images from one of her customers, not licensed, and then they used it as an Instagram ad, really, to showcase one of their products. And so um, my first response is to fire off an invoice. <laughs> and that gets their attention really fast. And then um, within 24 hours, I had a call from one of the owners of the company and we resolved it with a licensing fee. But yeah, you just can't let those things slide. And I think the problem we're running into with people understanding multi-party licensing is we've let it slide for too many years in the industry. And so let's not do that anymore. (laughs) Does anybody here ever um, put their name in Pinterest? I, I think that'd be devastating. So I don't I do it. Alan, I just did Alan Blakely. You ought to see how many of your pictures are on Pinterest. Yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> uh, and and that's an that's an area that Pixie will send a takedown notice, but I'm not sure that they can do too much beyond that. Okay, so once they've once they've accepted that price, um, 
do you make a contract out of that? Does anybody go to that extent of making this a contract? Yeah. yeah. If it's a new client, um, I'll do a proposal. And and that's the way we start usually. Yeah. I'll help them sign a proposal. Um, and, and you know, I usually get a, a request a deposit to secure their date. And, and we'll go forward with that. Uh, after they become a, a, a client, we've worked together several times. Um, we both know, I mean, it, we, they just call me up. I put them on the calendar. We go do the work, send them a bill. I usually, all my clients, I don't know if anybody's doing this. Um, I I only want to work with you if I can keep a, your card on file because mm. um, <clears throat> cash and, and checks are just become a headache. So I do everything uh, through a merchant account and, okay. and we bill everybody, you know, we build, build their cards. So when we have that type of relationship. The deposit goes on the card when I finish the job. Um, I'll, I'll drop box it to them and build their card and uh, send them the receipt. And it works out pretty nice. That's great. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm not to that point yet. I do that with a few clients, but not everybody. I still get company checks from a few. Um, I uh, to, to that original question, I, I do, if it's a new client, like you said, Norman, I, I do require them to, uh, to sign that as a contract. For that project and then i take half down in order to reserve the date uh if it's an established client then then i don't necessarily do that but unless there's some travel involved that i don't want to front and and then we have to take care of that as well mm-hmm. but it's if with a new client it's always half down or it doesn't go on the calendar i do similar to what norman and alan has just said in terms of how i approach a payment and confirmation of the job. I wanted to go back to just the initial uh, discussion with the client. When I I do the same thing, I do a bottom line proposal based on the scope of the job, but I always put in there some extra lines. One is if there's additional views, this is what the additional view price would be. That way, Mm -hmm. if they've committed to 10 views, but it turns out there's 13, they already know in advance there's an additional fee and and what that is. And then I also put in there retouching uh, what I charge per hour, and that's based on their client requested retouching. Uh, I think like all of us, if it's something super minor, that's we sort of do that in the general file prep. But once it gets on their list, we want this done, then that's client request. And that's really hard to uh, estimate in advance. So I prefer to just put down the hourly rate. And then if they say, here's our list, what do you think that costs? Then I give that some thought as to, okay, this might be five or six hours of retouching. Excellent. Thank you. I appreciate that. That's a really good point because once in a while you do have somebody come back and somebody who doesn't really understand that Photoshop is a skill and not just a program <laughs> will we'll want all kinds of stuff done to a photograph thinking that's just no big deal. You just click on the, you know, take out the garbage can button. Um, so, yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. They always say it's possible. When I when I quote something, um, I don't have a separate retouching clause. Uh, I retouch anything that I think is objectionable to the picture. Uh, it takes away from the architecture or the, you know, the design. That's that's just the level that we do it at. So uh, that's just that's part of our price. If it's something, you know, I had a client once want me to remove the cars from a parking lot, which I did. Um, that you know that took a lot of time, and, and you pay extra for that. But I, I don't have it as separate as a separate line item. Um, that's a really good idea. I should just put it in there just for a security blanket, I guess. 
yeah, I, that's always been an after the fact kind of thing for me. And it would be good to at least mention that up front. You know, you get on the shoot, you, you do the shoot, things have gone wonderful. You, now you're back in, in post-production. What's your process there? Uh, how much do you send to them? Do you send them only the 10 views that they're paying for? Do you offer additional views? Mark Norman, yeah. Yeah, um, I always, uh, if the client says they're looking for, you know, 10 to 15 pictures, uh, I've never done a job where I've actually just shot 10 to 15 pictures. There's always there's always something else. So um, I usually process those. And, and uh, you know, I, I have a, uh, an architectural photographer friend of mine that um, he shows them the images before processing. And then they pick the ones they want, and that's what he processes. He goes, that, you know, I, and I get that. But I also found that um, when you process the image and you show them, you know, if they're looking for 10 or 15 and you show them 25 beautiful images, you know, you can't sell what you can't show. And when you show them how nice they are, and, and so oftentimes the photographer has a better eye than their client. Mm-hmm. And he'll see something that, that is, you know, really shows the work well um, that they didn't think of. And, and I've always been able to upsell beyond my normal proposal, almost, I'd say 90% of the time. So it, I process, you know, and I, and I let them, I said, let's have a viewing. You can select the ones you want. Um, and they always select, you know, more than they've uh, agreed to. So it's worked for me. Interesting. I, I don't ever show anything unprocessed personally. Yeah. Um, I don't think that instills a lot of confidence in a photographer. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> um, my unprocessed stuff doesn't look like my processed work. So, yeah, I'd rather not do that. Um, that's that's interesting. But I, I do agree with what you're saying there, Norman. If they, they see beautiful images. They're not going to leave them on the table necessarily. Yeah. Um, do most of you uh, quote a number of images that you're going to give the client? Because I, I don't do that. But it, it sounds like a good way to make more money. But um, I generally just shoot what I think they need and then I give them all. But maybe I'm not charging enough. I, I, I'd probably do it different than all of you. Um, I used to do a, a day rate and then an image rate. And, um, and then I had a client that I was working with a lot. He goes, man, he goes, if you could just give me a, a number that in, incorporated all that. And it's not hard to do the math. You know, this is how much I am a day. This is how much 10 images cost. You divide it by that. And that's the number. So now when I, when someone calls, um, that's what I tell them, you know, they, they want, um, if they want 20 images, you know, it's easy to do the math. If this much a piece, that's and that, that incorporates the day rate, my post process, my my shooting time, travel is everything rolled into that one number. And it, it that that's worked out. I've been doing that for over 10 years now, and it works out really well. The clients like it. Uh, it's a higher number that you know, oh, you're this much an image and they're only this much, but you have to re- remember that includes everything. That's my time, my processing, my shooting, everything's rolled into that price. That's the way I do it. And and I don't give them everything. Um, you know, they have to pay for it. So I that's I know some people that do that, but that I I think that would hurt me. Gail, uh, the way I work is I I always uh, quote to the set number of views mm-hmm. and then give him an additional price for extra views. Um, I present I I don't do PDFs, which is what's common in my market here in the in Boston area. Uh, I use a web gallery; uh, it works for most of my clients. Um, I I do the shoot. I 
I'm just used to shooting more than what I'm asked to shoot. So I always tell my clients, you're, you're going to buy 10 views. You're going to pay for 10 views. I'm going to show you more options. Uh, I shoot the pictures. I would say I do a global processing to make me look good in, in the picture, but some pictures are very complex. I do a lot of stitching. Mm. And so some stuff I have to stitch it just in order to present, but it's never the final. And then I let my client pick the views that they like. And sometimes they stick to, we wanted 10 and sometimes they go, we'd like two more or whatever. Uh, so it, it it varies a lot. I have I have different level of clients. Some don't even show up for the shoot and don't even give me any information. Just go and, and shoot this. And then other people, I get the floor plans with the angles. And I always laugh when I'm on site and I see something and I start to shoot it. And the client goes, yeah, we got to move on to these other shots. And I go, well, just give me five minutes. I'm going to get this. And it turns out, out to be their favorite shot from the whole shoot. So, yeah, I'm, I'm working in a similar way where if there's a, a number of shots that are specified in the quote, then I make sure that that's, you know, that they get that many uh, the shots. And, and I, I likely will shoot more than that. But um, I always cover that. And sometimes I quote that as a range because I don't know the complexity of the situation until I get there. And so it may not be 20 shots. I may say, you know, 15 to 20 shots or 10 to 20 shots or something. Um, but just, just so that they have the confidence that it's that what they need covered will be covered and, and that they know what the price for that is. And beyond that is always a bonus. Language just a little bit. And I write up to 20 okay. shots. Okay. And then that way I'm covered for this. I'm going to get this fee, whether we do 15 or 20, because we might spend a lot more time on those, on, yeah. on some of those. So I, I just write up to, and I find that works pretty well too. You, you, know, you brought up something for, that I'm kind of curious about, Andy. You, you mentioned about the client not being on site. I'm just wondering for those that are on this call here about what percentage of your work do you do without a client present where you're just on the assignment shooting? Yeah. 50-50 um, for me. Okay. It's about 90, 95%. Do not come. Really? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. For me, it's the other way around. Uh, I probably do 10, 15% without a client present. Um, they mostly always show up because you know we have a good time. They, I mean, they really do. They look forward to it. It's like a play day for them. Yeah, out of the office. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for me, it depends on the client. If it's an architectural firm, I usually don't see them. If it's an interior design firm, they're going to be there. <laughs> yeah, let me let me amend that. With interior design clients, they're always there. Yeah. I'll put it that way. But yeah. they're not the majority of my work. So. And and if it's a corporate client, uh, like a manufacturer or something like that, I never meet them. Um, you know, they they get me clearance to the property and I have an on-site contact and I'm just on my own. So that's always interesting. So let's, uh, you know, as we as we're getting towards the top of the hour, here, let me, let's let's get to the point of actually sending that bill. And Norman, you brought up that you you do everything um, you're billing to a credit card on file. Yeah, yeah, uh, they don't even see the. They get a receipt, which I, I think I is brilliant. And when I'm, when I'm paid, then I send them the receipt. Um, and 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 I and I say that with a client when they start working with me, I say, let's open, let's set up your account. Okay. Oh, well, how do you, how do we do that? I said, well, you know, you put a card on file, and I explain to them. 
you know, your card only gets billed. You get billed if you order something. So if you if you hire me or you schedule something, you get billed for a deposit. Um, after we're done working, the, the set number of views that you selected, you'll get billed for that. If you want extra ones, you get billed for that. Um, and, and I'm fastidious about making sure they get the receipt as soon as we charge the card. Uh, and it and it works out really well. I've I've got I have no complaints with that at all. And and I like it because I don't have to worry about, you know, is the check in the mail? Um, you know, it, it, not just I'm done with all that. Um, and and everybody today, everything we do, think about how you pay your bills personally. Most of them are electronic anymore. Everybody's got a card on file with this, a card on file for that. So it's not a big deal. It's 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 pretty easy to 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 get them to wrap their head around that. And it works out well for me. I think, I think that's amazing. I, uh, I'm going to certainly attempt to have that happen with some of my clients. One of the things that I found too, is that when I, but when I get the billing information with a new client, I always ask who is the accounts payable person in your office and what is their direct phone number? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I don't have collection problems. Uh, I do have clients that pay me by check and prefer to do it that way. But um, I, I just don't have the collection problems I used to have, uh, years ago. Yeah. That's, that's an easy one for me. Anybody else got any insights about billing and collecting? Hey, Brian. Uh, well, I prefer to, um, email them with the link to download the imagery. Okay. The invoice slash license. Okay. And along with that comes the license is not activated until the invoice is paid in full. So yeah, my regular guy clients, yeah, they know they can go ahead and put them up on their website and whatnot. And I also know I'm going to get paid mm. in a relatively quick manner. Um, I think in this day and age, I mean, it, it does sound, sound great, Norman, uh, with your system. It's just that with so many people uh, changing hands, you know, whose card does it go on? Um, I mean, I've got marketing directors that want to put it on their credit card so they get the flight points, you know? <laughs> so, I mean, for that reason, I mean, and that person, they they come and go. They change so much. Um, so, I, I, I just do it a different way. My delivery is always with the link to download the images with uh, a PDF of the image li imaging license, which is a combination invoice slash license. And the fact that the licensing isn't activated until the invoice is paid in full. Yeah, you, you bring up a really good point. You know, a lot of people are afraid to um, to talk about being paid. I'm not, you know, because if I'm not going to get paid, I don't want to work with you. And and I, I learned that a long time ago. A guy told me, so this, there's no price. Anybody can be busy at their profession. The challenge is getting paid. So I always I always couch it this way. You know, if it's a client that I haven't worked with in a couple of years and I have a card on file, I'll say, well, let's make sure your information is up to date. And mm. we'll, you know, we'll get that. But let's get the, in, in my my the way I posture things is usually let's get this out of the way so we can get to work and get this to work for you. Um, and, and people are, you know, if you get, if you do that first, the rest of the relationship and the rest of the work, it, it just goes easy. It, you know, get the billing, get the paperwork. No one likes it, get it out of the way. 
and, and let's move on to the to the good stuff. Let's get let's get you know do some work for you. But the um, but if if a client doesn't want to put a card on file for me, then then they can call somebody else. I that's the way I work, and that's it. And I and all of our clients. Um, I had a guy that stopped working with me back in 2014, and he called me in December. He goes, I've gone for four through four photographers. <laughs> he goes, uh, he goes, their work just doesn't pop. It doesn't look like yours. We're working together again. And the first thing I said to him, I said, Jerry, I need your card. Put your <laughs> card on file. And you know, and he did. And and we shot a couple jobs, and and he's just, you know, he's we're doing ads for him in Architectural Digest. He's just as happy as can be. But that's that's just the way we work. And and it's it, it's not a hard line because a lot of companies work that same way, you know. You put you put your information out there. You put your card on file. So well, uh, you, you bring up a good point about if somebody's hesitant to pay you or a, tr- or a problem to get paid from that it's just not worth it. And and I, I had a, a successful businessman years ago tell me that he's he never had a, a bad client that became a good client. <laughs> and so you know, <laughs> cut them loose uh, <laughs> if they're if they're going to be. I like drunk, that. You know. It's just not worth it. And some people will hang on thinking, oh, I don't want to offend. And, you know, I, you know, I don't want to ruin this relationship and lose this business, but I'm not getting paid for it. But so that, you know, a bad client has never becomes a good client. I think it's just a good, good advice. axiom to live by. I appreciate all the information that you've been willing to give. This has been really helpful. And I think it would be really helpful to new photographers. And I'm hoping that uh, maybe some marketing people will choose to listen to this or uh, we actually have far more traffic uh, or listeners uh, on the podcast of this, you know, that people just listen to on Spotify or audible or whatever than we do that view the, the uh, YouTube videos, which, which I find really interesting. Um, and so I'm hoping that maybe some of the people listening are on the, on the uh, buyer's side of this <laughs> rather than the photographer's side. But I thank you for all the information that you've been willing to give. We'll do this again next month. Um, I hope that you're having a good first quarter. From what I understand, this is turning out to be a great first quarter for a lot of people. So hang in there. And uh, we'll look forward to seeing you next month. In the meantime, take care and stay well. Okay, take care, guys. Thanks. Thank you, Alan. Thank you. See you. This has been another episode of A Photographer's Life. If you've enjoyed this program, please let us know by liking this episode and subscribing to this channel. A Photographer's Life is brought to you by the Association of Independent Architectural Photographers. This episode is copyrighted, and may not be used in full or in part, without the written permission of the AIAP. Please join us again soon for another inside look at the world of professional architectural photography.